today on this hot summer's day in the UK I am joined by Charlie Cullen hello <laughs> hello what was that about? Uh, like? <laughs> I don't know I don't even know what that was about mate <laughs> you sound really happy I think I'm like I think it's either a combination of the heat or sleep deprivation I'm just like oh yeah but I'm a uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. You know, same yeah. old. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, um, did you watch the Brentford versus Swansea game? I caught the second half. Yeah, after work, it was a. Uh, to be honest, I just thought Brentford just sort of smacked it in the like you know in the second half they were just in such a completely different gear. I know yeah. they got the um. Swansea got the. Uh, sort of late goal and it kind of made everyone think oh there's a chance now and they pushed a little bit more but I just felt Brentford for the most part had everything in control mm. well um... uh, I can give you my quick summary of the championship so far if you want the playoffs because I've, I've watched almost every game now except yeah, for tonight yeah. give your quick round up of your championship playoffs. so first leg of Brentford Swansea at Swansea. I thought competitive game. Uh, Rico Hem poor officiating to say at the most of it. Rico Henry got a red card for like a challenge that was in any fucking day. That's a it was a good fucking challenge, and he got red carded for like saying it was like a like a yeah what do you call it like an aggressive tackle or something like that aggressive challenge, and I was like that's bollocks. Me and my dad were like, wow, it's ridiculous. That's shit refing. Uh, Swansea get a goal, obviously, and it kind of goes goes away. Where it's like Brentford, I think we're trying to get back in it. Couldn't get into it. So that ended 1-0. First leg of Cardiff, Fulham, I thought a very competitive first half. Second half, Fulham switched gear. Just, you know, I thought tore them apart. The uh, solo goal by uh, Onobo was fucking incredible. Yeah, like, you know, was... just a... That was taking a really on good all, goal. yeah, taking on all men, and last night I watched the highlights. I thought Watkins, you know, phenomenal centre forward. Like he just plays like such a complete striker. Like you know, he knows when to shoot, when to pass. Yeah, he's, he, um, he knows how to get into these positions. Like Ben when... Rama was on fire as well. Yeah, I, I was looking at it. And I was thinking like again, it was like a good display for that from that front three of Watkins, just proper. Good centre forward. Ben Rama was pinging in balls left, right, and centre. I thought he was so unlucky not to score, but he did get the assist for the second goal. Yeah. Uh, and and Buemo, despite having a bit of iffy going on the first half, I think kind of trying to shoot on his uh, weaker foot, his left foot. Uh, second half, he scored the uh, you know cracking goal on his uh, on his weaker foot. I was like, oh, something happened in the second half to kick him into it. So. Good display by that Brentford front three again. I thought defensively, minus Pontus Janssen's mistake, they were pretty good. Rico Henry got his red card rescinded, which is like, thank God that, like, that, you know, he did get justice. The, he did get the assist for the third goal. Yeah. So. Swansea were cool, man. I thought a lot of people like Gallagher and um, played well. Uh, Brewster, you can see the potential, but I think you can even see some of the other Swansea players getting a bit frustrated with his decision-making at times. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, he's definitely got a lot of promise, though. He's still raw. He's still raw. Definitely. He's, I think, 
with Brewster, I think he might need another season out on loan. And then potentially he could be that number nine if they don't sign anyone. Yeah, no, I I think he would go especially with like if you keep if they do keep Salah and Mane long enough for him to sort of play with them, that's a two very good experienced wingers to have with you. Yeah. And he's not gonna change the dynamic too much in the sense of like dominating as a centre forward, I think, like wanting the ball all the time. I feel because he's a bit younger and a bit less experienced, he'll probably still play to their style. Cause we all know Salah don't. Salah ain't gonna fucking pass no balls. <laughs> and he's gonna be looking at this little kid like, when I say, "Yeah, I will pass you when I want to pass you." <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, Mo Salah. But um, anyways, um, Sunday was finally the end of the Premier League season. What a finally. really long season it has been. Yeah, we've had all the stops and restarts, and you know. This we've essentially like the prem is the end of the prem turned into essentially like a mini championship, whereas like we have games every fucking night almost. Well, it was pretty much a festival of football for the top two leagues in England, but it's finally come to an end. And as we all know, Liverpool are crown champions. Uh, Manchester City, you Manchester United, and Chelsea all join Liverpool in the Champions League next year. Commiserations for Leicester City. They were third for a long time this season and I think they've just let it slip out of their hands. But even Tottenham Hotspur have got got Europa League next year and Wolves will have to wait until the Arsenal-Chelsea game to see if they're in Europa. But they're still in Europa. I'll give Leicester like... The benefit, I think, what we can say about that top four, though, with like Leicester's, I don't want to say like it, it kind of just fell apart. Based, like, I mean, they didn't play particular; they weren't playing particularly well before the restart. I feel like they had the one-one with Norwich. You know, it was kind of looking like there's they looking like signs of fatigue. Yeah, and um, when they restarted, I didn't think they ever got they never got going. A lot of draws and all that kind of stuff, like nil-nil sort of matches, and you think, fucking hell, this ain't ain't great for them. And then the injuries happened to three of their Chilwell, Ricardo, and Madison. I mean, that's a lot of, like, creativity in your team gone and defensive strength in the fact that Ricardo is a very good defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chilwell, I think, you know, he's got a good cross on him, took away, like, I guess, your main... Sort of corner taker on the left hand side, and Madison is the main, the most creative player in that midfield. So it very much felt like without him, there was no real, there was nothing being fed to the centre forwards. No. And then the Soyuncu red card kind of was like the in final the, nail in the yeah, coffin. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot when like I'm watching this fucking match, and you're watching like when Morgan getting a starting run in in the final match of the day and you're thinking like, mate, he doesn't look like he's been fucking running for like, <laughs> you know, like he's like he been fucking training, let alone playing football. He was in such a poor condition. You're like, jeez. Mm. But anyways, um, just to round up the rest of the league, uh, Arsenal finished eighth, Sheffield United finished ninth, Burnley finished 10th, Southampton finished 11th, 
Everton finished 12th, Newcastle 13th, Crystal Palace 14th, Brighton 15th, 16th West Ham, 17th Aston Villa and the three teams that are relegated are Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich. So at the start of the year, Charlie, did you think the Premier League table was going to look like this? Um, to be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> so maybe not. Maybe maybe switch Bournemouth out for like someone like West Ham or Newcastle. Wouldn't you say the form... Villa, uh, Sheffield United? No, because Sheffield well, to me, well, go, they... well, going in there. Did you did you know much about Sheffield United? I knew about the system and that, and I looked at the team, and I when there wasn't, I mean, I, I kind of thought, all right, they're going to be. I thought it was going to be. I, I kind of thought it was going to look like a Burnley situation. Like they ain't going to. I, I, I thought they weren't going to be. We ain't going to see like a top fucking table team. But I thought they'll hang in like lower mid of the table, right? Yeah. Overachieved like exponentially, like. You, you know, to be like hang, hanging in that like fifth position for as long as they did, I was like, "Fuck me!" Like, and this was like a team like they they had some good fucking wins and some good so fucking matches against like. But like for ninth place, do you think that is where you thought they would be, or do you think they would have been like? Uh, I would have said probably a little bit lower, probably yeah. more like yeah. fifteen, fourteen where Palace is. Mm. I thought there was a, there's enough potential there. Um to be honest, when we got to the actual start of the season, they were playing really well, and I was like, they were like the only championship promoted team that I was like, because like, I was thinking like, what Villa were looking off for a bit. Mm, they were. Norwich just hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, well, even then they were like still in it, but then I'm looking at like the teams that have been in there for a while, like Newcastle were dreadful yeah, for a while, I, long while. I always West Ham under Pellegrini was painful as well at times. No, um, no, not really, because you got you got to remember um, West Ham opened, opened the season up with Manchester City and they got thumped five nil. But no, had, but even like had, matches after that, they weren't great. Yeah, but they had a decent run and they were actually looking really good at, up until a point. I think they beat Man United and then their season just went downhill. There was a lot of teams that had like. The season started one way and it almost like twisted completely. Yeah. Which I guess that's football, but specifically I think like yeah, West Ham, you know, Pellegrini left them third from bottom. They've just pulled out of it. Everton when Silver left were like I think third from bottom. Ancelotti did good to turn it around to what with what he had. I thought he did pretty well. Mm. Um Southampton looked fucking like they looked like you know a team that was just like done before they could get going after that Leicester battering. But to their credit, since the restart, they've played like every game has like been. You you you'd have thought watching some of these Southampton matches, there was a fucking title like like a chance of Champions Champions League, or it was a relegation battle. They were it was like tooth and nail football they were playing. I was like. Fuck, it's for City performance. I was like, fuck me, I'm impressed. Mm. Um, some of the other teams, I just feel like Villa didn't have like a horrible, horrible start, but then, like, again, the wheels sort of came, unraveled for a little while. And even like 
the the the, the restart has kind of fucked many teams' momentum up. Like Palace, for example, have just disintegrated. Yeah, they did. And if you think about it, Palace, we normally always look at Palace as like the solid mid-table team. Yeah. Never higher, never lower. For them to be below 10th is quite, quite bad, I'd say. Well, considering that they lost five of their, no, four of their last five games, taking one point from them games, if they could have drawn drawn a few games here and there, they could have been up there and won a few games. They could have been up there with, I'd say, the Southamptons, really, and the Burnleys. Because yeah. at one point, but, you looked at Crystal yeah. Palace, I think they were still in the chance for um, on Europa spot at the time. and sure, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, they had a good like, was, position. They... It was kind of tight there, and it was... It was a bit too full now at the start of the season because I think from Manchester United who, had, who were I think they were on like I don't I can't forty points or something like that and I think there yeah. was only like a nine point gap from Manchester United to Crystal Palace who were like thirteenth so it was really it was really tight. But to me, the the greatest shocks of the season I think were. The main one for me, I think that I felt was really bad was the the wheels coming off of like Tottenham. Because mm. you think, man, and I know everyone's saying like, oh, and I think you know, all these different pundits have said it, like, and all these people like after that Champions League final, that team had just ran its course. Yeah, yeah. Like, Poch, you know, he did what he could do. He got to the final, didn't win it. He got them to third mm-hmm. in the table, which is still really good. Seeing as they had Champions League as well, I was like, yeah. oh, that's pretty impressive. And they didn't even sign anyone that season. No, no, exactly. And then you get to the beginning of the season. Yeah, they beat Villa. But then after that, it kind of just sort of... They had some torrid results in between. Well, like, I'm thinking of a loss to Newcastle. Yeah, and home. Yeah, and there was a few like dodgy, I think, like... It was mainly like a lot of, um, like, I think, away matches they were fucking pouring. And their record... Away was so bad, and I think you know the firing of Poch was like a was a bad one, and then you just had the um, yeah, just the overall like, like just everything came apart, and it was like fuck. And then Mourinho didn't really get a chance to like you know it's always awkward for a manager coming in the middle of the season, even for someone like Mourinho, mm-hmm. especially when that Tottenham Tottenham wasn't exactly the happiest place to be in at the time. No, it wasn't, and. Yeah, fair play to Mourinho for doing a half decent job with Tottenham. It's he's still got the job, and with COVID nineteen, I don't think he'll have the budget he would like to yeah, have. Me. Yeah, but we'll see. But moving on to my next question, Charlie, um, do you think the title race is going to be more competitive next year? Because uh, Liverpool pretty much ran away with it since Christmas. And everyone knew Liverpool were going to win. And up until Watford beating them, you had that thought in the back of your mind thinking, this team could go undefeated. But then the slip up against Watford, and then the slip up against, um, I think it was Man Atletico. City, Atletico, 
Well, Atletico before the restart, and then the City match. Well, it was a weird one, right? Because I think we have to, we have to put like the context of how their season went. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the before the restart, they dominated the season. Yeah, no one looked close to fucking beating them, and even City, I don't think we're on the same level. And everyone can talk about you know them getting the result against City with the VAR decisions, with like Trent and all that stuff with Dodgy. See, you know, you know, they had a lot of fucking shit performances against other teams as well, like the Norwich loss and even losing to that United team. I think, you know, it was like, the United team weren't great. No. Like, neither was that City team, but it was just like... Well, in the first game, it was... Yeah, I think that was a better Man United team, but... Yeah. Man United... Leicester were the same. Mm-hmm. I thought Leicester were the only other team for a while that had a chance of cashing because they were just on... There was that good point where, like, in the winter, like, Leicester were, like... Yeah, up until... Up un- they were so untouchable. I think I think up until the game against Manchester City, I think less, the wheels fell off Leicester. Or I think, we were just yeah, waiting. We were all sort of in there. I think we were all kind of open, all the, like, and, like fan, people weren't fans of Liverpool and wanting to see it get more competitive. Mm-hmm. We were, like... We want to see Liverpool. We were waiting for the Liverpool. We were waiting for the Liverpool slip, and for Leicester to like Catch keep that momentum ro- rolling. And the issue was the Liverpool slip never really happened in time, mm-hmm. and Leicester dropped the ball before beforehand, and we were kind of like, all right, maybe, yeah, and... maybe not. But that was Liverpool were the best team. You can't, yeah. and even with the recent, like, yeah, the Watford one was dodgy mm-hmm. then results happen but the, the, again the context you have Champions League at the same time and then the Champions League thing happens with I Adrian think, I, I think after the winter break what Liverpool weren't the same team as they were no. at the start of the season and well that was like a situation everyone's coming back into the swing of things and well no do you remember the winter break when they had like a week off not playing and then oh just, yes yes, then yes they weren't the same team they wasn't the same team and they just i think they got a few draws and they just weren't they weren't firing on all cylinders i remember the game against west ham where they conceded ended up three two and if it wasn't like for a fabianski mistake i think it would have been two two mm. so wolves had a good run against them yeah, yeah, wolves, wolves wolves had a really good run against them there was a few teams where you kind of were looking at and thinking there's there is a chance yeah yeah and again the problem is that it's like even with like the even with the drop of form i was like that's that liverpool team still so much more on it than anyone else in the prem right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really i think it just comes to the fact that Yes, that Liverpool team has been exceptional with what they've done. It's like, you know, great team, works well together. And everyone else has just been really under par. Mm-hmm. You know, Chelsea have had a weird situation. Uh, if we're talking top six anyway, at least. The top, you know, City issues in the, in the, in the back four have caused a lot of problems. The Aguero injuries haven't helped, especially with... Jesus, I think there's a lot of potential there, but he's just definitely—he's clearly not ready for that role yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Tottenham with the manager changes, people wanting to leave that team—it's just you know, shit. You 
shit you was out of a lot of like people's hands. Yeah. Arsenal, similar situation with uh certain players having issues with, you know, the fans getting on their backs, the manager not really committing, but another then another team with a managerial change and you're like, Jesus, like and he's gotta try and do damage control, Arteta. Mm-hmm. And fair play to him, he did quite well. You still owe me a yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's also like trying to, you know, it's like crashing your car and trying to like buff it buff it out. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't, yeah. you know, there's only so much he was going to be able to do to like, you know, stop the wheels completely falling off. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, Frank has done exceptional with what we, what he had with that transfer ban and then not buying anyone in January. Playing a lot of young, untested in the prime players, mm-hmm. uh, and you know again just issues with the, the defense, the goalkeeper, and United again. While there has been improvements from the last year, I there was always still issues of not being able to rotate that starting eleven without a severe drop in quality and certain people just not. You know, certain positional stuff where it's like we we still needed like we and you know we knew it was like this is a if Oli when he took a job, the one thing that we all kind of needed hoped and needed he'd get was time, because there ain't a and one he did. year and he did. Yeah, he's it's, it's he getting did. there. Well, I don't, I don't he's, think he's there yet. He signed a three-year contract, so he compared to what they were Man United were last year to where they are now when they finished third. I know it's. It's third place, and but it's just the form we had. Well, the form we had at the restart of the restart, up until the Southampton game, we that's signs of what could happen. And all credit, they've up. It was only what nine games we played in that space space of time, but it's. I think everyone, maybe Liverpool, apart from maybe Liverpool needs to improve and you can see City are making improvements um, I've Chelsea. already heard yep I've heard from City you've got uh, Pau Torres from Valencia I think him and Aki from the two Aki, I've heard Aki 40 million Nathan Aki from Bournemouth which uh, I don't know I, lo- I like Aki I don't know if they necessarily like well well with Aki he's you, he's going to probably be the starter next to Laporte which I think would be, I think would be good because I feel like Aki's done. I've said it previously on like, like Aki has sort of been like every time he's out of that, what was out of that Bournemouth defense, that was when the quality really dropped and they struggled. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a solid enough defender, but stuff he isn't good at. You no, know, not every, you know, it's, it's hard to have a, a really well-rounded centre back. But I feel Pep wouldn't be going for him unless he knew he could put him with Laporte or fit him into the system, especially if they do decide, you know, John, um, John Stones is on the, um, on the out. I think, I think he is. They need someone. Mm-hmm. And Garcia is still young. You don't really want to like rush him too far into it because he's looked good in the moments we've seen him in, but at the same time, it's like, he, we, there's still going to be the question like how we do in a full season. Like, you know, we, this is Pep in it. He likes to rotate. He, we 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 talked about like you know there's sometimes frustration of 
how slowly he's introduced Foden into the team. But at the same time, he's definitely, I think well, he knows, with, what, he's doing. He doesn't know f- what he's doing to an extent. With the Foden tip thing, he's, I, I, think, I think it's not slow. Sometimes you need to nurture a player and just give him a game time when it fits him. So, mm-hmm. and don't rush players into the spotlight too early. And you, the thing is, the thing is, look at that city midfield. Like, who would you put in over him? Like that, that that city midfield is spectacular. So yeah, it well with with David with David Silva now retiring. Well, he's leaving. Well, not, not, not retiring, but leaving City, ending his time in the Prem at least, I guess. Um, I feel Foden's the right guy to fit into the David Silver role, or at least groom into the David Silver yep. role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've still got De Bruyne having, like, one probably, you know, form of his life. Oh, he's in his, twi- he's, he's in his prime. Well, he's, we've had the benefit of, like, having a very, like, fairly injury-free uh, De Bruyne this season. Because yeah. I think, you know, the year before he was he was out for a while and you could kind of feel like he was missing. And since he's been back and had to be able to play more, have more game time, he's just been... He was my player of the year, personally. <laughs> well, the PFA's player of the year hasn't come out yet. And the Football Writers' player of the year was Jordan Henderson. Henderson. So... Not true. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, who said that? So, with... With that, on that note, so you think Kevin De Bruyne is the player of the season? Uh, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I totally agree with you if you say yeah. I'll I'm not. I'm not throwing the Henderson as a leader in that Liverpool team. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely he's, he's definitely up there. He's definitely. I don't think you can say him. like he's never not put a shift in no. on that side. I thought yeah. he was unlucky to sort of miss the last couple of the matches of the season because of injury, but it was still cool that as you know he got. a you know, come on and as captain, you know, still, you know, lift the, lift the trophy with the oh, boys. Yeah, of course, of course. It's just for me, like, a situation of, um, if we're looking at someone who's, like, affected so many games and... When, if, he, hasn't, we, when he hasn't played, it's affected the team. Yeah, and also, when he does play, the fucking numbers, man, the assists, like... To, to tie the Henri record is such an achievement, and for it to sort of be like brushed aside, oh, we're going to give it to like Henderson. I'm like, man, Henderson was good, but can you really say he was a he, he was a game changer, play, changing player? No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, and De Bruyne always like you know De Bruyne. I think is like he's a, he, De Bruyne is the biggest impact. He played. He's year. played well. It's not like he's just sort of like you know like some players who I think you know. In that midfield role, it's more of a, they have a, a pur- you know, like they have one a pur- out of five ain't bad. Yeah, they have you, you like sort of, purple you, you deliver as many balls as possible and hope someone gets on the end of it or one goes in. The boring is literally like, like when I showed you all that Norwich goal. Oh, yeah. And it was like, that's just fucking talent. Yeah, <laughs> like, and just is. being so on it. That is. That's what Ben, ben Rama tried yesterday and it didn't pull, pull off. No, 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 came close though. No, but do you do you have like a an unsung hero of the season, like someone 
who um, who's not getting the play praise like the star players and probably won't be in the team of the season. Have you got a player like that? I guess you could pick a couple of players from various teams. Well, I think Campwell for what he did for that Norwich team. Because mm-hmm. you got, I mean, he's, he's a young lad, first season in the Prem, and. I think you know it's just it's, it's it's hard when you're like you know you could be as good as you know as good as he was, you know you you, you can't rely on just him to save like that Norwich team or do well, magic I, all the time. But I don't think I explained it right. I like unsung hero, like like or someone Dan, who's not like, a, like, a, like a Danny Ings. Oh like, well, no, but Ings, I think with Ings it was a situation. Yeah, like, yeah, but like just like, hit form. Yeah, he just hit form. No, we knew he was an all right striker, but he just hit form and he was good. Uh, no, I thought I thought he's been consistent all year. I think this is the best Danny Ings we've ever seen, and he's got a valid point to even make the England squad. And then uh, you've got... there was a couple of people in in like like I think we look at like a Golden Boot for him to be doing on that being in consideration for that and that Southampton team when they were like, you know rough start to their season it's like it's fucking good numbers yeah came you know he came close <laughs> mm. to uh and you know i mean of course you know bamiang vardy are the people you always expect to be up there anyway but yeah, cool. danny ings cool. it was that was definitely like a it was a, uh, a purple patch season if he's hit he's hitting well you know this is the guy who like left that liverpool team with like Injury-laden kind of run there, and it was like people I don't think ever expected him to sort of have a. No, he was on loan. At, ch- he was on loan at Southampton last year. And yeah, yeah, and I think he scored nine goals last year. And Southampton did take a punt with buying. You know, what I mean, really. this this was a dude when they when he like he kind of like fell out of the Liverpool team just because of injuries and that he, yeah, you know, he, yeah I don't think he ever made it into the Liverpool team that's the worst thing I think he him. made it a, I think he had a couple of performances but he just yeah but like, he, like stayed, he was never that fit consistent week in week out playing. yeah and I think Southampton last year it was sort of like he was just another striker there you know whatever mm. and, and then, then this this year it's been like a fuck me like he's come yeah. Come full circle, like man's been special Asian Inks. Yep, special banging Asian him in. Links. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else who I'd say was been. I don't know if he'll make. You know what? Because I don't know if he'll make the team of the season. I because mean, he also kind of started fairly dodgily. But I'll say Antonio for West Ham. Well, yeah, I was going to say. Have a turnaround, say, like, the end of the season has been, like... Well, the lockdown player of the year, lockdown, um, the post-lockdown player of the the festival, the festival of footballs, the player of the... Yeah, but it just had something in him where it was, like, he just had a good string of form, and he's, he's one of them sort of players, I think, when he, when he's on it, just because of his, his sort of athleticism and his physicality. When he's on, he's fucking on. Like yeah. you know, it's, it's hard yeah. to defend against a player like that. It just took him a. It just took him a. Took him lockdown. Look, it took him a lockdown to like hit that form of, you know. Well, for my my player, like the post lockdown player of the, the tournament, I'd say I don't know. It would be a toss up between uh, Bruno Fernandez mm-hmm. and 
Christian Pulisic? Both of them... Okay, so we, Pulisic, we kind of knew... We'd heard a little bit about him, seen him a brief beginning stints. And I think it was the Burnley match. Yeah. Where he was just on fire and you were like, Jesus, this kid's... And then, and then he... I think he got injured again. And then... Since the return of the lockdown, I think he scored in the first game against Aston Villa. And then I think he scored against Man City. And he just couldn't stop scoring for a bit. And I, I, he, he's he's a player. He's a player for Chelsea. For we genuinely season. have like the potential now to have the first like big American Premier League star. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, no, no, no. I'm uh, talking to... like some dude who's right. playing like as, as a backup fucking player or like, like you know, like Brad, was it Brad Gazan when he was like goalkeeper for like all these fucking random rando teams and Where stuff like at? that? I'm talking Clint, like. Clint Dempsey was the best American player off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a dude, now you're watching him, he's on like top fucking side. Mm. His mm. work is, you know, he's pro- he's producing goals, assists playing really well it's like if he brings his form again next season along with like um Werner and Ziyech and all these other like lads coming into the Chelsea team mm. it's gonna be it's a good that, that we, 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 yeah. we could just start seeing a like a, a swarm of like Yankee Chelsea fans I was gonna say I was gonna say it's a, it's a good marketing strategy for Chelsea to bring someone like Pulisic over because you're he's probably he's an um American hope, isn't he? That's what you well, it's American a growing market. You know, the MLS is a growing market. Yeah, but the thing it, is, the, the MLS wants, the MLS wants one of their not one of the but America wants one of their own in the top league in the world. And I've, al- I've always, yeah, I've always thought the Premier League is not really shown. It is shown in America, but like, right compared to the Bundesliga, where there's a lot of a fair few American players over in the Bundesliga. Compared to yeah, they got like a few few Americans, few Canadians. Mm-hmm. And... I think with um with Pulisic, it's just a situation now. Like when you know, it's it's coming to a nice thing of like NBC with the their Premier League coverage. You know, they have all the they show every match. Yeah, yeah, but and now you know you have that. You have your um growing homegrown stuff, which great. You know, because I think that's a thing with like American culture and like their sort of fandom it's like it's all about your home team you have to have a home fucking team to support and they've opened up a lot of markets in the US to having uh, pro football teams and the idea of a guy who's doing it in the Prems also yeah that's always a good one because it's, it's, it's not just like yeah our small ass fucking league and shit like that it's like that's a legit like international star that you've produced they've produced from their country yeah. So and oops, sorry. Um, I I was gonna say, um, Fernandez you, maybe. Yeah, Fernandez. I'd say Fernand. No, I'd say Pulisic. But I'm not. I don't want to be biased. I'm. I'm gonna say Pulisic. Yeah. I just think Fernandez teetered off towards the end. Not. T- I just. It's just. Pulisic was not. Yeah. Uh, Pulisic was rested. Rested, and Bruno Fernandez was overplayed. And... Lampard did it the right way with him because he didn't bring him into that team straight away, and it felt no. like when he did bring him in for Burnley, it was the right time. 
Well, no, and he's, uh, unlikely to get injured. And now it's just like since he's come back and Lampard's for fully giving him a chance, he's yeah. done the job. Yeah, and that Chelsea team's going to look shit hot next year. That front three, that potential front three of Werner, Werner, Ziyech, and Pulisic. Oof. Uh, the only thing they will need is a bit of work on the defence and potentially the goalkeeping, oh, which definitely, we definitely the but we hear is in the work. So there is still time, especially with uh, Abramovich money. They can mm-hmm. always go go all out. Um, Fernandez for me was just a situation of a guy who came into a team, t- took charge, great season, great leader, player, all that shit. And, and similar to what happened to Rash at the beginning of the season, I just felt he got fucking played to death. Yep. And again, it's I, I, I get it. I, I don't like it because it's like, you know, it's one of the things I always moaned about because I was like, it was like Rashford. He got, you know, he never after that point towards um, the end of the end of the before the restart when we were sort of hit, hitting towards that time. He did not look fucking right. <laughs> no, I think it was Norwich. He was on the bench because he was. Everyone knew he had a bit of a knock, and then it's like we were fucking doing standards. The bench players weren't doing the job. We had to bring Rashford on. It was against Wolves. Yeah, no, yeah, that's right, in the FA Cup, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And he he does the job, but at the same time, he gets fucking injured again, and it's yeah, like, it was a serious fucking injury, and I was like, Jesus. Back, yeah. Yeah, back, what was it, spinal fracture? No, an- was it like ankle fracture chips no, in the bone? It, it, it was, bone, yeah, chi- it was... bone chips in the ankle. And they the found, they, that's, that's what they found after the x-ray, and then they... Found out he had a stress fracture on his back yeah, or some shit like that. Fracture, yeah. So he was like, we, and he looked like he was falling apart anyway. <laughs> and then it was mm-hmm. like, oh, he was actually falling apart. Yeah. So, and then Fernandez, it just looked like he was just fatiguing. <laughs> like yeah. it was like, what, what else? Like you, you know, and oh, it was a situation. Oh, he's in a situation. Like, what do I do? If I don't play, when it was the same thing with Rashford. If I don't play him, I got to play fucking. I can't think who would have been the backup fucking winger at the time on the left. Lingard, James, maybe? James. Oh, yeah, it was James Greenwood and Martial, and it was like, that just wasn't working out the way I think everyone wanted it to work out. And when when Fernandez come, it was it made it a lot better. Yeah, but when, and then when you lost Fernandez, I just feel like Man there's United, something Man United there. never had Pogba for most of the season. That, that too affects it, but... They yeah, it just... T- it off towards the end. I think still for a, for a debut season, the numbers are really good, and he has, and you could see the effect in to, in how, get. We wouldn't have gotten to top to the top three about Fernandez. No, just no, saying that, that. Yeah, he had a he had a great season when he came to the club. But just a quick prediction, Charlie. Who's going to be mm-hmm. the surprise team for next year? Like the Sheffield United or the Wolves? Or the Burnley that year. Do you, do you uh, have like a prediction where like there's going to be? I a... want to say if they can buy a few, make a few good frugal buys, and keep playing the way they were playing post pre and post restart, maybe Southampton. Yep. Go the way of like you know when Southampton was like that dream fucking like place that you know that great Southampton team that essentially got raided by Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe like another... It won't be the same because it probably won't be as same talent-wise, but you could maybe get like a good... 
solid, hard work in Southampton. Like, you know, if they do like what they did like this season, like play well, play with that kind well, of desire. With, South, with Southampton, I'd have to say like players like Chad Adams has been really good since the restart, and he's yeah. he's hit a bit of form. Uh, I think there was a uh, defender, Jack Stevens. He was like my standout yeah. player in the six. Yeah, I was looking at him. I've never heard of him. He was some random fucking lad they got from Paul or some shit like that. Shit team like that. Mm. So we're not, we're talking like what, like League One or League Two? Oh no, that Paul's like conference. Yeah, something fucking like low. And I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? And he had the fucking performance of his life. I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, do shit hot. And, you know, this is against like a pretty good city, city attack they were playing against. Plymouth Argyle. Plymouth, that was the yeah, one. Yeah, he was from Plymouth Argyle. Which is, yeah, like what, League One? Yeah, he's, been, he's been, I'd say he's been at Southampton since 2011. He's only played 91 games. But yeah, no, he's 26 from... Yeah, I just thought, yeah, you know, there's, you know, him, hopefully Ings continues his form of goal scoring. Hopefully, you know, Ward Prowse, I think, is always a really good player. Yeah, for that he's, team. Been, he's been there for a while, Ward Prowse. Yeah, they got one back. It's probably like the best seat like, I've ever seen Kyle Walker-Peters look. Yeah, Especially yeah. when you saw, saw him at Tottenham, he was fucking shite. Mm, mm. But well, he's I, looked really fucking I, good this I, season. I, I, think, I think he should make the move permanent. Really. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> well, they've got Pierre Emil Hoisberg. He is on the way out. I hear he is. I don't think he's. But saying that, he didn't really play against in the restart because I think they they. Oh no, he did. They took his captaincy away from him. They gave it to Walt yeah. Prowse. But there was uh, who's the other fucker who's doing? Who's the, who's their lot like, winger? They have. He's really good. What? Uh, Obi Femi. No, there's another. I'm thinking of someone what, else. Redmond. Someone else. Yeah, Redmond had good stats this year. Yeah, I think Red, as well. Red, Redmond, Redmond against Man United. Red, Redmond played quite well, and I think. That yeah, team, you know they got some good hard-working players in that team. So I think I think the manager was has been inspirational considering where they were against Leicester nine nil, and sometimes where they were. They, they needed that, I think, though. Yep. Yep. I mean, no, I mean, no one, no one wants to get bad at home. But at the same time, it turned them around from like you know, a team we all I think we were all looking at thinking Southampton could be in trouble to sort of like getting some mad fucking results. Yeah. Mm. It. I don't know with Southampton. I think they are going to be a tasty team next year, and they're going to cause a lot of problems for different teams. Um, but I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling. I don't know why, but I have a sneaky feeling Leeds United are going to be good next year. I think they'll be. Mm. I don't think they would be. I do don't know. They, I don't think they'll be the like the Wolverhampton when they come in and just tear it up, smash it, yeah, smash it. But I don't know. I, don't, I think they might be on the Sheffield United level. They could potentially be the best team in Yorkshire next year. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm sure there'll be like a bit of money thrown into that team now they got promoted and yeah. they got you know this we've talked about this previously 
in you know in the championship episode like this is a big fucking club we're talking about coming back into the prem for the first time in like how many years 11 16 16 you know yeah, what i mean it's, it's a like a long time with with the manager and the investment that has gone into Leeds united at the moment i think some of the rumours we've heard about potential buys as well are insane. If if they go through, obviously, but yeah, but I, I feel like you know Bielsa, he's fucking batshit, but he's definitely got a plan. He's mm-hmm. got he's got to go into the top flight of you know top flights. So yeah, yeah, Leeds. I think there's definitely a potential to to um, yeah have a good little run of form. Um, I don't. I'm trying to go anywhere else that might. Because now we know the Newcastle takeover ain't happening. I don't think they're going to have a, the effect that I think some people thought they might have. What I'd, like, I'd like to see Wolves keep pressing, like get some, buy a few more players and just keep strengthening because I think they keep getting really fucking close to that top six. Well, they finished like... the, in the same place as they did last year, so. Ooh. It says something. Yeah, no, but it's just, but there's no, always something. They, they are, they are an improving club. They are trying to chase. For They've still got, still got a chance to win Europa and everything you know, like that. Could, so they could, they could potentially be in the Champions League next year. So that be cool. They could, they, they if Arsenal win and they win the Europa, they could be in the Champions League. So Traore just but blitz. Past the best of fucking Spain, Italy, and Germany. Yeah, <laughs> well, that would be but, pretty fucking wild. Bold prediction. This is going to be a bold prediction. Who do you reckon is going to win the league next year, and who do you think are going to get relegated next year? I don't want to do this. Right, okay. okay. <laughs> um, it's always hard because I don't think you know. The bias shithead United fan, we want to say May United, but I don't know if we're necessarily right there yet. I don't, I don't personally, I don't think we're there. Hopefully, I can be proved wrong. <laughs> Please prove me wrong, by the way, football gods. But yeah. fucking true. <laughs> uh, and, and it hates me more to say it, but I think, all right, I'm not cementing Stimus, so I don't, I'm never sure about predicting stuff, but. That Chelsea team, if they if they get a, oh. if, the, if, if the rumor of the goalkeeper, oh. if the rumor of the goalkeeper is true, oh that is, and we, bold and we see a, and we see if we see one or two defenders come into that team, combined with the striking options and the potential of a midfielder we're hearing about, I'm like, yeah, that that's a dirty fucking team to be to be messing with. Mm, mm, mm. I see, I see your point. I see your point. But yeah. as I say, as I think. It's gonna be. It's been like been for the last three third. This is the third season in a row. It's gonna be end like this. Um, it's it's between the the two teams, Manchester City and Liverpool, and it comes down to who starts off the best. And I think with the potential moves that City are making now, I think Manchester City could win it. But then again. If I think Liverpool need to make some signings to compete mm. with Manchester City next year, I don't think Liverpool are going to be far uh, behind them. I don't think City are going to run away with the league, but I just think with that Liverpool team, sometimes after you win a league, you need to think about the next step. And the it's next the only is... thing that I think defeats that Liverpool team from being like a true, a true like they're 
No, they've dominated, yeah, but I think to be a true world-beating team, well, I'm talking success mm. domestically and international, and uh, yeah, in international in Europe. Yeah, they they need to be able to revolve um, revolve those players. Yeah, evolve. Have reliable and have like yeah. reliable rotation. Well, they did have reliable rotation in the midfield, and but. I just, but I the just, defense. Yeah, I just, as I say, I just, I just think they need to the centre backs, the centre backs particular, in particular, and and even that front three. I feel they need like another like. I'm not saying you, you're gonna get like a, a, another fucking Mane or Salah, but you need someone who I think can maybe you know just sort of come in and just. I mean, you, we don't know. Maybe Minamino will get better with time. Mm. Uh. Rigi's always just been a Rigi. He's just sort of solid. Shakiri looks like he might be on his way out, so they kind of just need, I think, another like solid fucking winger to really take him to the next level. Hmm. Yeah, but as I say, I just, I just think City, City, because they're potentially buying. I think they're trying to build a squad, and I just think if Liverpool don't sign anyone really of any no as I say it doesn't have to be a starting caliber player but it's just mm. trying to uh, freshen up the squad and get a bit more experience or that a key player into the team I think they could be, I think I think it'll be close yeah. next year I think it'll be definitely closer than this year well you know these the benefit of a lot of these teams like United I know we've heard some of the rumors about our transfer dealings Chelsea already know some of their transfer dealings yeah, uh, they've been smart. I haven't done it actually. I think, yeah. like, well, how they bought, you know, buying Ziyech, letting him finish the season at Ajax. Yeah, uh, a similar situation. Like, buy him, well, let him. No, nah, they, they 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 got no. Nah, it's just because they only bought him because his, uh, that was his when he was um his uh, release clause ended. So, but you know what I mean? Like, they they you know to just sort of. It was smart and, you know, trying to, like, pay a shit ton for him in January. And I think it's it's, it's like, you know, Lampard, you know, he, he was cool. He was comfy doing what he did with what he's got. Yeah. Still potential for the FA Cup. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's it was the smartest way to do it because it's like, all right, maybe we didn't have the strongest team overall, but now mm. I've got shit to build on for next year. And then, yeah, City and uh, I, I think we, after what happened with the defence and now they know the ban's been lifted for the Champions League next year, like, they're going to go in full force. Like, like we, you know, we, we, you know, we might occasionally look at Pep as a bit too arrogant, a bit like, you know, thinking he can play back rocking proper centre-back and all this kind of shit or put out a striker sometimes. I don't see him doing that again this year. No. No. I, I feel he's one of them, like, all right, I fucked up. Come back with with vengeance next year to take my to take my fucking tro- my title back. Mm. But on that note, it is time to end this edition of Left Back on the Bench. Charlie, have you got anything to say to anyone? Uh... <laughs> um... Yeah, we're probably going to be back uh, after the weekend with a discussion on 
the FA Cup final, how we think that went. Uh, big match between arguably the two biggest clubs in London, Arsenal and Chelsea. Ooh. What, you want to throw Tottenham in there? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Oh, I forget, no, you fucking like Brentford, don't you, you fucking... You like QPR. I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to admit, they ain't the biggest fucking club in London. I didn't say Brentford are the biggest club in London. No, nah, but um, yeah, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, might briefly discuss the playoff final because we're going to find out after tonight who's the second team to go through and face Brentford in the in the playoff. Essentially, we're going to find out who the third man, the third team is going into the into the prem, which is always exciting. I always quite like seeing you know teams go up, see how they do. Uh, I think... And yeah, down the line, we've got all this talk of Champions League football, I'm sure, eventually, to discuss. That will be exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, long time coming, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe, Maybe we'll have brief discussions about Europa. I don't know. Probably the final. Probably the final we'll talk about. That's about it. <laughs> well, as always, Charlie, thank you very much for doing this podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Always. Always um, happy to be here. For those who haven't signed up to our Twitter, it is left back on the bench no on the B two or like us on Facebook, which is left back on the bench podcast. And as always, follow us on Spotify. Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, sorry I forgot about that, Google Podcasts now, and as always, follow us on Anchor, and we have been, yeah, and we have been left back on the bench, have a good day, peace.